Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, my co-host, Nick Casco. Nick, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me again. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Hey, Nick, I'm going to dive right in because we got a lot of material to cover here. So, you know, audience, if you want to grab some popcorn, grab some coffee, depending on what time of day that you're listening to this or watching this, um, buckle up because we've got a lot of information to go through. So, Nick, we're talking about chapter four and it chapter four i love the title becoming your own banker right yeah that's right chapter four of the case for ibc nelson's last published work that you can find at infinitebanking.org yeah exactly so let's let's just dig in here nick now um it this is not a this chapter is not a, a replacement for becoming your own banker nelson's book that is the best book on be, um, learning how to do IBC and becoming your own banker. And just like in that book, Nick, they don't change the interest rates and things like that. It doesn't, interest rates change all the time. There's no reason to tinker with them because they're always out of date, okay? But right. the other thing is, is that when we think about money, money is a commodity, right? It's we're, when we're talking about building wealth, et cetera, it's not all about money. And we're not talking about banking like a commercial bank, um, you know, we're talking about how to bring the banking to the you and me level. Yeah, I, that's how I always like Nelson would say it. It should be at the you and me level and not this centralized system that we really can't be a player of or right. a, a meaningful player in. Because remember, right I'm sorry, go ahead. No, we're just on the wrong side of that centralized system is, is what Nelson was really trying to explain to us yeah because when you bring the banking the banking to the you and me level you know it's not it's very much in contrast to central banking right which you know nelson points out has caused so much conflict and misery in the world so let's talk about money flowing though and you know we use this every day but someone one made the comment if some authoritative power distributed all the money in the world among all the people in the world, within 10 years time, 97% of all the money would be under the control of 3% of the people. Now, why does that happen, Nick? Uh, because they understand how to get money to flow to them instead of away from them. That's right. And they don't understand banking, right? And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But but let's talk about that. Money must flow, otherwise it's worthless. And motion is a law of God. If blood doesn't flow in and out of through our bodies, not in and out, I'm sorry, if it doesn't flow through our bodies, we die. If air doesn't flow in and out of our bodies, we die. If water doesn't flow, it becomes stagnant, it's dead. If money doesn't flow, it dies. Having your money sit in an account for years and years and years, it's dying. Right. Right. It's so, like, uh, I, I remember you explaining one time early on in our, in our conversations, uh, the, the concept of money follows the sun. 
you know, yeah. banks understand this so well. It's not just happening in our local level, but overnight lending. We hear people hear that term overnight lending rates. Well, that's the banks lending to each other so they can maintain their their ratios. And when a when a bank closes in New York, they're lending to a bank in Chicago and so forth all the way around the world. Because letting it sit there overnight is not an option because it's dying and <laughs> banks do not let their money die, right? Yeah, it's, you think about this, Jim, we, we have a lot of business owners and all these business owners own assets, right? Yep. And a lot of times that, that business is only open, say, from eight to five, but you talk to the really good guys that have figured out, uh, they figured out how to keep those assets producing revenue 24-7, you know? And Absolutely. so that's what the banks have essentially done in that, in that equation. Absolutely. I mean, banks want to... Um, you know, banks want to keep their move, money moving just like uh, we all should want to keep our money moving, right? Yeah. All right. So um, let's look at uh, let's look at a couple other things here real quick, Nick, is, um, you know, so he talks about the banking being like water. You know, there's only one pool of water in the world. And it, and it flows around the world and through us and back into the ocean and around the world. And it's constantly in motion. And the banking system, just like you said, is the same exact thing, is it's constantly in motion. So when we look at, you know, Nelson's background being in forestry and, um, and you know, also let's, let's back up. You know, first of all, Nelson's a Christian, right? And he, and, and so this is all seen through that lens and, right. you know, all of this motion and everything that's about infinite banking is, is biblical. It's, you could, you could go right to the Bible. It'll tell you, this is how you're supposed to use your money. And, um, and also be an Austrian leaning or Austrian in, in his economic view. Right. But he th right. thinks long-term, he thinks free market, he thinks control, you know, self-responsibility, everything else. So as Nelson kind of went through his life and got involved in things, different things, he, you know, saw, started to see some things and his fundamental insight was that, that we could secede from that central banking system. Right. But, but, you know, Nelson always likes to start with the problem. Well, what's the problem? I, I just kind of look at it from that 10,000 foot view, which Nelson would have enjoyed from the airplane he was flying, that, that we're basically just giving up control of our money to other people all the time. And, and Jim, we've said this time and time again on here that you know, you're going to see five to 10,000 ads a day. And right. they all have one thing in common. And that's to get money to flow away from you and to be in the control of other people's hands. And the financial system, you know, the, the whether it's the green line or the whale or, you know, what name the bank, they, you know, they're playing that game of getting control of your money so well, you don't even realize there's a game being played. And, and that's, the, that's the peril is that we don't see it. And, you know, we use this iceberg analogy in our presentation, and it's a little overused and whatnot, but it's, it's just metaphorical to how big of the, of the uh, system is and then how little we're shown. 
you know, you know, Nick, it's kind of like the FedEx logo. We used to use that. And maybe, you know, that is a, is a great example. And we got it from Nelson. So we didn't uh, sure. think this up on our own. But when you look at the FedEx logo, most people don't see the arrow. But if you look for the arrow and somebody points it out to you, you see the arrow and then you never see a FedEx truck the same way again. And it's nope. right in front of you the whole time driving up and down your street. I, I think it stops at our house every single day. Um, uh, and so, you know, the, the, the logo, if you don't look for the arrow, nobody points it out to you. You don't sure. see it. And it's the same way with this. And so one of the things that we have to accept now, Nelson, you know, he explains in the, in this chapter that he, he was in real estate. He was having success until some uh, interest rate changes and, and, and interest rates turned. Now, we're in super low interest rate environment right now, but it will turn. And when it turns, you got to be ready, right? Yeah. But one of the things that he says, Nick, is he says your need for finance during your lifetime is greater than your need for death benefit. Because when most, most people think about buying life insurance, they focus on death benefit. But we are focusing on financing and capitalization makes sense yeah. yeah so you just touched on something this need for finance and i think that what that brings to the question is you know people don't realize this one simple fact and i i always try to just boil this down if i'm having a short conversation with someone about what we do and that is we're just trying to solve that one little problem and that is that we finance everything we buy and right. You know, the reality of it is we're either paying interest and everyone sees that real simply. You see that amount of interest. And, and so many people have said, oh, well, you know what? I, I don't want to pay interest to someone else. So guess what? I'll pay cash. And, and then that gets into this other problem. And that is that when you pay cash, you give up the ability to earn interest on those dollars uh, forever. And so that's all we're trying to do is just solve that problem of getting all that interest that you would have paid someone else or that you gave up we want all of that to flow back to us and it's just take it to that simple little project so let's so let's start with where nelson starts where the problem for the all-american normal when he says all-american kind of the normal american family right now he's got this person at 29 years old making twenty-eight thousand five hundred dollars a year don't worry about yep. how much the guy's making or the family's making. Okay. Just again, you gotta, you gotta just adjust in your head for these things. But I promise you these, these percentages stay pretty true is 20% is spent on transportation, 30% on housing, 45% is spent on living clothes, groceries, contributions, um, charitable causes, uh, car payments, boat payments, insurance, all of those things. Right. Yep. And you know, some of those things are are uh, charged on credit cards or they're financed uh, with banknotes or they're financed by paying cash for them that, like you just said, giving up interest that could have been earned otherwise. And then we're told to save, right? 5% of our disposable in income, but really it's supposed to be 10. You know, so we where's the 10 coming from? most people aren't saving 10%. He shows a chart in there that this, the savings rate just isn't 10%. We even have books that right. tell us that we save 10% of our income. And then we have Robert Kiyosaki sent, telling us savers are losers. And the reason is because of inflation and not, and that money just sitting there and dying. 
And so let's let's just kind of look at again what's happening because this young guy is paying interest, right? Yeah. And the problem really is that these things are financed by other banking organizations. Right. And he thinks, well, it's okay. I'm in a low interest rate environment and I'm only paying 5% or 4% or 7%, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But he doesn't realize that he's got one problem is the rate isn't the issue. It's the volume right. of interest. The right. Lies. <laughs> right. So if you add up all of those things that we went through on transportation and housing and living, you'll see that 34 and a half cents of every dollar, every disposable dollar, that means what? Net, net dollar. Yeah, that's right. Net dollar is paid out to interest. So and now remember, he's trying to save 10%. Now think about this, Nick, you earn a dollar. Somebody else gets 34 and a half cents and you get 10 cents. Now, in some ways, you're a slave then, right? Or a partial slave. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, that's your somebody else is getting. And by the way, he already paid tax. Somebody <laughs> else is getting more of your money. So you're giving your money to this banking organization, this banking system. Right. All right. So that's that's if you can't fix that you will not win if you keep those percentages now some people win because they make more and they they spend less and they they ha they have a scarcity uh standard of living and then they then they th their assets overtake that somewhere down the line and it takes years and years and years or really increases in your income hey, hey jim yeah. I, want, I, want, I want to clarify something you just said because I don't want the audience to lose this because this is really important. We got 34 and a half cents of every net dollar going to someone else. That's flowing away from you, okay? Yep. Then, then we're supposed to save 10%, okay? That's a net between that delta between those two is 24 and a half cents. For a lot of people, we're only saving 5%. So it'd be 29 and a half cents. And what Nelson, if you read his book, he talks, Nelson he used to fly airplanes. So he, uh, he, he would use some aviation analogies in there, but you have a financial headwind happening in your life right there. And it is very, it's, it's almost impossible to overcome if you don't solve that issue. What's, what's bigger, what's a bigger issue? It's, is it you're not saving enough or is it that you have all this money flowing away from you? Well, the reality of it is it's that you have all that money flowing away from you. And that's something that you can control a lot simpler. And that is, hey, what's the strategies we're going to impart to turn that around so that, you know, no pun intended, we create a tailwind for ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's a great point, Nick. Thanks for bringing that up and, and pointing that out. Hopefully the audience gets that. All right. So let's the next part is he says, how do banks make money? So let's dive into that a little bit. And this is the simplest way to understand this that I've ever seen. Okay. Hey, if you're just listening to the podcast, hey, this is uh, going to be recorded as a video. You can go to our YouTube channel just to create Tailwind, uh, all one word on YouTube, and you'll be able to see, see uh, what we're presenting here. Absolutely. Okay. So the, the bank doesn't use its own money, right? it uses someone else's money. 
So it needs a depositor. So somebody comes down to the bank and they deposit money in the bank. Now, when they deposit that money in the bank, and if I asked 100 people, is that an asset or a liability? They always tell me what? It's an asset. It's an asset. But what they haven't thought about is it's a liability because they have to give you that money back anytime you want it. And they haven't done anything with it. They haven't earned anything, right? Now, how do they turn that into an asset? Well, they loan it to a borrower and the loan is the asset. And now Nick, I own part of a small commercial bank in South Dakota. And if we were sitting in a board meeting, we'd be talking about our loan portfolio because that we're talking about our assets. How are our assets performing? Sure. Okay. Because what the bank knows is that the borrower has to pay the bank interest and they have collateral, right? And then they're going to pay us interest as the depositor. Now, by the way, when I look at this, Nick, that looks really fair. looks really balanced. And I would see no problem looking at this on the surface thinking, man, the bank is really doing a community service, right? <laughs> oh. except, except for a little problem we talked about a couple episodes is that that's not your money anymore. By that's the way. right. And, and, and by the way, I hope that the, the guys that uh, are my uh, co-partners in that bank up there are not watching this. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say that I put $10,000 in the bank, right? Well, let's say the bank's going to pay me 0.2%. Nice. $20. Pay me a whole $20 over the next year. And let's say they could loan it out at 5.2%. That's $520. Yep. Now, we are taught to believe this. The bank is making $500 more than us. No big deal. That's thinking like a consumer because that's not how a business works. This is our cost of doing business. This is our profit. We divide our cost into our profit. And we see that $20 goes into $520 26 times. 26 times means that the bank made 2,600% more than you with your money. <laughs> Seem fair? Seem right? Seem like something you should be doing instead of them? Okay, hold on. So now we have to understand what's happening. And what Shakespeare said is if you understand the players in the play, you'll know what's going on. Okay. Now, I never understood Shakespeare, uh, Nick, but I, but I do understand this. I have a depositor. That's number one. I have the owner of the bank, not the vice president at the bank, not your buddy that's the president of the bank. Everybody's the president anyway what everybody's a vice president that's right that's right the tellers are vice presidents <laughs> um owner of the bank and the borrower now infinite banking in a, in a nutshell is just blocking this off or walling this off to where you're all three of these things because if you think about it nick if you have money remember there's only one banking system in the world so if you have money deposited at banks and you have money borrowed from the bank, in essence, the banking system is making 2,600% more than you with your money from you. I know, it's crazy. Now, who would do that if in the, in the right mind they understood that? 
That's right. That's why Nelson said, if you know what's going on, you'll know what to do. Okay. So, you know, look for the people in the audience that are pessimists and doubters and thinking maybe Jim and Nick just got this wrong. This is bank of America's numbers and it's right out of their bank analytical report. Um, and everybody's heard of bank of America, hopefully. And it's from December 31st of 2016. Now, why 2016? Why not 2020? Again, going back to how we started this podcast is the, the, the 2020 numbers will be out of date because now it's 2021 and then it's the first quarter, the second quarter. I mean, it's the concept, right? And right. this is the report. So I'm going to review this really quickly here, Nick. The top highlight says that their interest-bearing deposits is eight, are $860 billion, okay? And the bottom highlight says interest expense. Now, Nick, that's what they pay us, right? 1.9 yep. billion. Now for you engineers out there, I know that I'm using round numbers, just deal with it, okay? And that's about 2.2% of the 860. So the 1.9 that they pay us is about 0.2% of the 860 billion, right? Which we already had in there. The next highlight above the expense for them is income. What we pay them, 44.8 billion. Well, that's 5.2% of the 860. We already know that's a 26 to one ratio. Nick, 26 to one. Is that crazy? It is crazy. It, it, it's, and I want to, those of you that have checked this out online there, when Jim put that picture up of, of the three players in the play, there's a lot of noise out there about infinite banking, about how to do this, what it looks like. And, and I just want you to realize that that picture is really uh, an example of signal amongst all the noise. It is that simple. We don't have to overcomplicate it. It's as simple as being the depositor, the owner, and the borrower of the bank. And if that gets confusing, if, if we get mired and we're confused by the quote unquote, the solution, then we have to go back to the problem and understand the problem that is going on. And that is that we're giving up control of our money to other people and they're winning ultimately. Absolutely. Okay, so Nick, we could try to start our own bank, like this commercial bank. We'd need about, you know, probably more than what Nelson states in the book, you know, 20 million. And we got to put that money in, that's called our capital, right? And right. then- we got to get a charter and then we got to get depositors. We got to do advertising. We got to do all of this stuff. And it's going to take years and years and years. And if we could go buy a bank, good luck with that, by the way. But you, you know, then you could start right away and you've got everything and it would cost a lot of money because banks are really valuable. But right. how about starting your own bank in a better way? Now, again, when we're talking about a bank, remember, think of it like a food bank where we're storing up money to be um, used. It's not, you don't have to think of it like a commercial bank, but if we think about it, banking is all about accumulating money and making loans to people who will pay them back. So the, who's the ideal customer for this system? <laughs> we are. Remember, we are, because we're going to pay it back, right? Our, and our need for finance. Remember, we're solving the problem of, of finance. And, and I know we've mentioned this in the prior episodes, but this is a great, you just reminded me, banking is, is 
infinite banking is not about a product. It's about a process. It's just the process of banking. We're, we're going to build this little warehouse of wealth, Pat Tip and Nelson's other book that you can get at infinitebanking.org, but it's just a process that we're going to do. Exactly. And, and here's what happens is when we pay ourselves back, we have that money to use again and again and again and again, and we create velocity, right? Now, that's powerful. So that if you think about, he talks about the cogeneration, power and banking. What did you take from that, Nick? Uh, cogeneration is that, hey, this is a really profitable little business. You know, it's like, hey, if you bought a McDonald's and I, we got that thing turning out at 15, 20% profit, well, would I want to go do a different business that maybe had a lower profit margin or would I want to build another McDonald's, have another one? And that's what you see, you know, Bank of America's got, you know, probably thousands of branches. That's not by chance. McDonald's, I've yet to talk to a McDonald's owner that didn't seem to own at least a dozen of them. Right. You know? Exactly. Why wouldn't you? That's right. And, and by the way, people that do infinite banking and do it at a high level, they own multiple policies, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, Nelson had 49 policies at one point. Yeah. He gave some away. Okay, so let's get the IBC and the basics just in in uh, trying to be uh, um, respectful of everybody's time and, and try to keep this moving. All right, so banking, the business of a bank originally was restricted to money changing and now is de uh, devoted to taking money on deposit uh, and, and then loaning money and, um, and credit in, in any other associated form, generally dealing with in money or credit. I really kind of butchered that, didn't I? But it's in the book. It's a much uh, clearer. <laughs> so we have to understand we finance every single thing that we buy. Like Nick said earlier, we either pay interest or we give up interest. We could have earned somewhere else. And we've talked about in this series, economic value added right? Our money has a cost. when you buy an insurance policy to do infinite banking, there's a lot of people that own insurance policies that they don't get much out of them. Let's say they're with the quiet company that wants you to leave your money in there and not use it. And it's all about how well they're going to do for you. Right. And they'll talk about dividends, 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 right? They're, how well your money's sitting in there for them long-term is going to work. But then somebody like Nick Costco or somebody else that understands infinite banking, 
they're going to put their money to work and they're going to put their policy to work and they're going to they're going to be loaning and paying it back loaning and paying back creating velocity of money and it's the equivalent of somebody buying a car and driving it like a you know bat out of Hades and and um, only getting 50,000 miles or somebody buying a car and getting 2 300,000 maybe a million miles out of right? right i mean they always have that mercedes that it's got a million miles on it. I'm thinking, who wants to drive a car that's got a million miles on it? Um, but I want to drive an insurance contract that's got a million miles on it. I can tell you that much for sure. Now, the, the, the engineers, okay, in these insurance contracts, they design these insurance contracts. And then the legal people come in, right? Here's the really important thing to understand. You're the owner of the contract, not the company. When you buy a car, Ford doesn't own it anymore or Mercedes or BMW, whatever you own it. So right. now what happens to it and how it performs is up to you. That's right. That's right. And the, you know, it kind of reminds me, Hey, you know, that bank, they don't want just a little deposit, right? They want all of your money to flow through it. Right. Because, the more that happens, the more money that comes into it, just like Bank of America had eight, eight billion dollars or 860 billion of deposits, you know, the system doesn't work as well if they only had 50 billion of deposits, right? So right. The more of our money that we flow through it, the more loans we deploy, and the more that we are an honest banker, as Nelson belabored, and we pay back those loans, the more that system works. You mentioned velocity. You know, that's what's going on. It's the, that is money coming in, money going out, money coming in, money going out. It's remember motion, motion to law of God. The more that happens, this little, this little engine, the, the more miles you get out of it, it's like you're, you're adding horsepower to it and it just gets better and better and better over time. And, you know, I would encourage everyone to get, get this book and Nelson really lays out some, some good stuff here that, we won't belabor the, the details of, 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 you know, the dividend and, and how that works and, and what not too much here in this episode, but he really lays that out well in, the, in this chapter of the book, Jim. Yeah, you know, I really want everybody to read in this chapter, the, the problem and solution, a simple example. Okay, and again, Nick, we're not going to go through all of that right now, because, um, but I want you to read that like two or three times until it makes absolute clarity makes absolute sense in your mind. And, and then, okay, so then what Nelson gets into, Nick, is how you just said the, the, the um, policy gets better and better and better. And he shows an example. Okay, <laughs> now this is really important because he shows an example from a policy that, was, that he uh, took out in 1959 that was sold to him by his brother, okay, who later died at 52 years old of a heart attack right? And Nelson had a heart attack and thank God he lived. But um, Nelson paid into that policy $388. And he shows in his, you know, I can't remember the date of the check, but it was 5,700 or something like that. This was later in, in his uh, lifetime. I think it was the last time we had him live, Nick, which was in uh, Louisville, right? Yes. But it was something like 388 and then he has like, uh, you know, over $5,000, right? Which he has this example in the book. Right. And then this is the really important part here. 
how much does he wish the premium was? Okay, now think about this. This is a simple, <laughs> simple question. Is if $388 turns into over 5,000, right? So you write me a check, Nick, for $388. I turn around and write you one for five grand. First of all, how many times today do you want to do that? As many times as you'll let me. That's right. And then second, how big do you want that first check to be? As big as possible. And that's why Nelson would tell the story. He goes, when I graduate and I run into my brother, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on him for not selling me more of this. That's right. That's right. I love that story too. Okay. So now, and Nelson talks in here how he, he really didn't use this policy as efficiently as he could have with the dividend options and everything else. Okay. But now then he gives an example of how you can make other investments with IBC. Okay. Now this is really where our passion comes in, Nick, is the rest of it is laying the groundwork, but you can make other investments like real estate. And he gives some examples of a real estate deal that he did. And, you know, that he bought for $38 per acre and he sold for $500 an acre. What's my rate of return on that, Nick? And how much money did Nelson Nash have in that deal? Nelson had uh, no money in the deal, which means his rate of return was infinite. Why did he call it the infinite banking test? Oh, that's why. And, uh, okay, so, all right. What, and, and there's <laughs> infinite amount of uses for it. Like everyone, everyone wants a cookie cutter Hey, this is the program I'm going to buy. Well, you know, we're, we're not the, we're not the firm to work with then if that's what you want. Uh, yeah, this, is, you, this is, you know, Nelson said in the book, you, you know, well, he gives a hat tip. I think the, to Einstein is imagination is more, more important than knowledge. Something like that. Absolutely. Your imagination. Yeah. I mean, Nick, here, here's the thing is as we do this, what happens to us financially? <laughs> we we uh, flourish we become totally self-sufficient right we become financially independent and free and you know one of the things that um you know you brought up his brother and one of the things i love is why didn't his brother sell him more premium yeah I, I don't know well you know the answer is why didn't his brother tell him how to do this he was in the business in the insurance business nelson wasn't at the time yeah, that's that's a good point. Because most insurance, this isn't about the insurance, right? This is about the, the process of banking. And there's so many people out there uh, that are just selling insurance, and they focus on these illustrations and whatnot. I, Jim, we're in this little season right now. It seems like we have people coming to us, and they have these other policies. And they're like, this thing doesn't look like it's going to work like what you guys are talking about. And it's because people just bought an illustration. They They're they're buying somebody else's program instead of a program that works for them. And, um, and you know, we're happy to, to serve them and, and help them, uh, you know, fine tune their system and whatnot. But it is so important to understand the process. That's right. And here's the bottom line. State Farm didn't teach his brother about this. That's why he didn't know. I mean, that's why he didn't do it is because he didn't know. Yeah. Okay. So then what about inflation? I mean, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because here's the thing, Nick, is that Nelson's death benefit kept up with inflation and exceeded inflation. And inflation is such a crazy number. But the other thing that we're going to do is we're going to buy assets and we're going to buy businesses that keep up with inflation. We're going to do that with our banking system. Okay. Assets, instruments die during inflation. 
assets thrive during inflation. It's the new money rules, as Nick or uh, uh, Kiyosaki would say, and Nick would say too. And um, all right, so let's get to the five simple rules and we'll wrap this thing up because this is turning into a longer episode. And if you're still listening, we really appreciate it. So here's five <laughs> simple rules and we're not going to go into them. We're just going to say them. I'll go with the first one, Nick, and then we'll just rotate. Think long range. Be generous in capitalizing your system. We just talked about that. Don't steal from your system. That's always a good advice. <laughs> and Nelson, I can just hear him saying this one. Don't do business with banks. That's right. And this last one is the one that I would put at the top is rethink your thinking. You have to think differently before you start this. Okay, so we just gave you a lot of information. If this is the first time that you've ever heard any of this information, then congratulations. And the way that you would proceed to find out more is go to createtailwind.com, right? And just look, our system is very, we just educate people on this. There's lots of information on there. Go to our YouTube channel, createtailwind.com. No, that's not createtailwind.com. That's just createtailwind. And, and educate yourself. Nick, any famous last words? No, just uh, never be afraid to rethink your thinking because it's never too late to start doing the right thing. I love that. That's I, I couldn't wrap it up any better. But you know what? If you don't rethink your thinking, then you're going to be stuck in the herd. And if you never break away... There's only one thing that happens in the herd, and that's bad. So let's break away today. Thank you for listening. Nick, thank you for joining me. Until next time. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.